I call myself secretly a cautious CrossFitter, <laughs> meaning I know my body. Yeah. Uh, I, I know how I feel on a given day. And whatever the programming presents itself, when it presents itself to me, I look at it and I go, okay, how am I going to be good to myself today? Um, what am I going to get from this workout? And, and I make adjustments on the fly like that all the time when I see the day coming. And I think that um, in general, we all need to do that. As coaches, we uh, look at our class and we say, okay, this is uh, how this person uh, needs to adjust this exercise to make it good for them. And uh, uh, we, we do that all the time, every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are very excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, that we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are halfway through this episode <laughs> and we had a technical glitch with Ronimal with the Zoom call. So we are actually now... Too many people on the internet these days. Yeah, too many people at home, too many people sitting on the internet. So, <laughs> Like we were. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We were recording that on Wednesday. This is It's now uh, four days later. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's three days later and we are now outside in our backyard doing this in person with our microphones again so we are yeah we're back and i think jen and i actually recorded since the technical glitch we went and recorded an episode to get it out so that becomes episode 18 so now we're actually back with episode 19 we've like skipped into the future here yeah this is revolutionary all right everybody's caught up i think so okay so we're going going to uh do our best to kind of hop back in where we left things off and the question I kind of had for Ronimal and the topic on my, um, my brain on Wednesday was when we discuss our style of training with people, call it functional fitness or call it CrossFit or call it weightlifting, the question commonly comes up that it may or is it dangerous or a comment it may be dangerous and we kind of want to discuss that for a bit where we believe it's not and we kind of want Ronimal's take on that as well <laughs> coming from a physio background and again a guy in his 50s who actually trains very hard but also trains um, very smart. I uh, Thank you Zach. One of the interesting things, uh, the curious things about CrossFit when I started was the reputation of it maybe being a little bit dangerous. Um, but, but I thought to myself, you know, I'd like to give this a try. And I kind of thought that I, would, I could do it without being ridiculous, right? Um, so uh, to me as a physiotherapist, of course, I see injuries all day. So I'm not really interested in getting injured. I, I, do, <laughs> I, I, do, I do want to avoid that. So... Um, uh, I do like to, I call myself secretly a cautious CrossFitter, <laughs> meaning I know my body. Yeah. Uh, I, I know how I feel on a given day and whatever the programming presents itself, when it presents itself to me, I look at it and I go, okay, how am I going to be good to myself today? Um, what am I going to get from this workout? And, and I make adjustments on the fly like that all the time when I see the day coming. And I think that 
um, in general, we all need to do that. As coaches, we uh, look at our class and we say, okay, this is uh, how this person uh, needs to adjust this exercise to make it good for them. And uh, uh, we, we do that all the time, every day. Um, I, I myself have my knees that I am a little bit careful with sometimes in terms of the range of motion I go through, in terms of the the amount of volume I put on them. But, uh, but I feel that's fairly normal for for someone who's 50 years old doing uh <laughs> doing these exercises right yeah <laughs> yeah and i think it it is just so many activities could be labeled as dangerous and if you do them in a way that like ronimal said i mean puts yourself in danger like it, it's kind of on you it's not on the activity that you're doing um i mean people get hurt walking out the door walking down the sidewalk yeah i totally agree and i and yeah rolling ankles yeah and, and clearly i mean we've been doing this for a long time we we know that's not true um i think the word dangerous would probably us would imply that the risks far outweigh the reward as far as a training protocol um, i always like to use the example of biking if you go for a bike ride. I don't think anybody thinks that's dangerous. You could get hit by a car, but I don't think it's dangerous. Um, but if you start taking biking further and further and you go mountain biking, yeah, you could fall off and run into a tree, but I still don't consider biking at the Brandon Hills dangerous. You take it further and further and now you're going off huge jumps doing backflips. I still don't think that's dangerous because the people who are doing that stuff are well trained for that activity. If you take Zach <laughs> out to a massive jump and say, okay, Zach, hit a double backflip. That is dangerous. Yes. So I think doing things <laughs> that are silly, yes, incorrect progressions, doing things that are far, way out of reach of your abilities, that's where it's it's kind of it's kind of stupid. It's you'd be, you know, someone would call me stupid. Why did you try a double backflip, Zach? You haven't even gone off a bunny slope before um so i think as far as our training goes i think if people come in with the right mindset call it cautious or call it smart um progress slowly with the intention of doing this for the long haul i i just um i think the the, the word dangerous is just uh, almost silly in the sense zach the rewards of exercise that you talked about i mean the re rewards of exercise the joy that i have in being able to do the things i do my cholesterol being normal yeah. uh, you know all of those results that, that the exercise style that I've chosen uh, uh, the movement practice that I have the, this, the benefits are just so many that, that like uh, it out, does outweigh the yeah. risks to me for and sure. I mean for some I think all of us all three of us played sports in our youth um, you know we played through university we've kind of always been involved in things and even at a young age you you run into small injuries and so you learn how to deal with those things but a lot of our members have never played a team sport and did not play um, sports when they before they joined the gym and now 100% I consider them athletes and they yeah. are athletes but they're now experiencing those little tweaks here and there and for some like you know your first kind of injury can feel like just earth shattering and so i mean ronimal any advice for just injuries on this or i mean we won't even call them major injuries but we're talking about those little tweaks and aches and pains i mean zach and i still get them and we feel like we do move well well my first thing is is this is something is to to not think it's a catastrophe 
the we have a term in the rehab world ca- called uh, catastrophization. Ca- catastrophization. Catastrophization. <laughs> I don't say it very often. Clearly, <laughs> uh, whenever you have an injury, you know the first thing you 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 have to believe that it's not the worst thing that you yeah. imagine, right? Um, so, so to, uh, I usually encourage people to, if they have an injury, to take a couple of days off to, to, to rest briefly. And when I say rest, I mean a kind of active rest briefly, and then look at the movement or the thing that caused them the problem and, and kind of create a plan for, uh, how to get back at that thing without the same thing happening. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of what I do all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and helping people walk through that is, uh, I guess, part of what I do at the gym it might mean lighter weights. It might mean less volume. It might mean less range of motion. It might mean all of those things. But um, uh, yeah, and a lot of times we're—I mean—we're taking people from either a competitive background, so they come in and they're working hard and they, they want to be competitive again. So, like any sport, it's kind of—it's part—it's part of it if you want to compete. And if you don't want to be an elite competitor, that is totally cool too. But when you come in um, either from a lifestyle that was sedentary for a lot of years and now you are, now you're moving and now you're working hard and you're moving barbells above your head, it's almost impossible not to run into something down the road. So it's not that, oh yeah, of course you're going to get injured, but you're, you're going to have a sore back or you're, you're going to have tight hips, you're going to have sore knees, you're going to have that tweaked shoulder. So it's not that we brush those things off. We do take those things very seriously. I think just the mindset of... Um, I'm working hard. I'm doing something very productive with my body and my time. Just, I think we're just, um, yeah, we're just saying it's it's going to come come along at some point. And can I also say that delayed onset muscle soreness is a thing? Like, it's an okay thing. Yeah, yeah. we call that. Um, it's called DOMS. If yeah. you've ever heard the word DOMS, but the correct term is yeah, delayed onset muscle soreness. If it lasts five days, that's a problem. If it yeah. lasts two days, three days, that's that's normal. It's not necessary. But, but it's pretty normal. So uh, if, 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 the, if you have a hard time sitting down after heavy squat day, that's kind of normal. Yeah, I think targeting that middle ground again <laughs> of uh, yeah. it's okay to have a couple of days of soreness. If you're having weeks of soreness, yeah. you're you probably yeah, pushing. Yeah, you're never getting it out of yeah. that soreness for sure. And I, I think part of, I think, you know, we said this back on, I don't know if it was episode one or two, but just talking about your, your healthcare team. And so... Obviously, Ronimal as a physio is leaning towards keeping moving in some form or fashion and getting you back to doing what you want to do. Um, I think it is so important to find those people that have that same mentality because there are physios that would might say take four to six weeks off completely. Like I'm not sure if that's a. It just sometimes we hear these things that they've been told to do this or that or. Or maybe from their doctor, right, with just a kind of generalization because they're not sure on the, you know, the specifics of the, the movements or the injury. Um, but, yeah, I mean, use your common sense, too, and talk to your coaches, talk to people around you. Yeah, and find find the person that's going to help you get back to what you like doing. Because mm-hmm. um, we work with people, and I think sometimes they're, you know, oh, I, I've been told I can't squat anymore, and we say, okay, let's – no weight let's just sit down on that chair stand back up and they do that and they almost look at you (laughs) look at you with a a look that says well of course i can do that and i said well that's a squat so now 
let's go a tiny bit lower. And they say, well, of course I can do that. That's easy. I'm like, well, there's a squat. So it's not that you can't squat. We just need to start right back at the beginning. Yeah. And we're not going to, you know, load you up and just test it, yeah. you know, first squat into. Yeah. And I mean, this is, again, I'm not a physio. I have a kinesiology background, which may or may not help. I, I have a, I think a very good background in common sense. Not, I'm not going to say I'm <laughs> a genius, but when somebody comes in and says, oh, I, I, I was told I can never deadlift again. And I've done this before where I'll say, okay, just, can you bend over and, and touch your shins? And again, they give you that look like, well, of course I can. And I say, well, there's a deadlift. Can you pick up that pencil? Well, there's a deadlift. Could you pick up the shoe there? Pick up the PVC. There's a deadlift. There's a deadlift. So we always start smart. We start light. We start with basic patterns. And if they're moving pain free, then we progress forward. That is a, that's definitely um, progressive overload. That's yeah. what physiotherapists, that method is used to slowly build the body back up. So um, again, it's not like when someone has a, a sore back or we're like, yeah, we don't just sweep it under the rug and say, <laughs> get back on the bar. And um, I think it's, it's common sense. Mm -hmm. It's smart training. It's progressive overload, starting light, pain-free movement, all of those things. And yeah. I know, yeah oh, th right. Thanks, Zach. Like, I mean, like a... I, yeah, I don't need to say anything because I, I think the same thing. I mean, the doctor tells you you can't squat. You're absolutely right. If you can't squat, you're in the nursing home, right? Yeah. Like, there's just no two ways about that. So yeah. anyway, I'm. I'm yeah, good we with take that. we take moving yeah. we take moving well very seriously. Yes. Not. Hey, how much can you lift today? We don't we don't really look at that. We, how much can you lift where your movement is flawless? That's kind of. Yes. Always our rule of thumb. Keeping but um, ego in check. Yeah. But anyway, moving on from there, uh, one thing I want to talk about today as well was one of the most popular things we've ever said on this podcast came out of Ronald's mouth and people absolutely love this one. And it's um, kind of your weekly training intensity. Um, and the general <laughs> rule of thumb is one or two days a week, you're going to compete. One or two days a week, you are going to train. And one or two days a week you are going to just show up and that came from Ronimal. So maybe the smartest thing we've ever said in the podcast was, was taken from Ronimal. Well, so. And I think Ronimal has said maybe <laughs> that was not his exact <laughs> quote, but we'd like to give him credit for it anyway. You know what? I will take credit for it. I think that I think I, I'm going to say it was probably Ben Bergeron who said, he said, you, you train hard 40% of the time you develop your skills or you practice yeah. another 40% of the time and then compete you 10% of the time. So I, I took that and I, that, that really hit home with me because like my recovery is probably not what it once was. And, and if I, if I put everything on the line, like if I give you all of my intensity, like uh, th that, that's a bit of a problem over the next few days for me because I can't keep that up. Yeah. Right. So I think the programming at our gym reflects that in the sense that you can't program a complete body beat down every day. You have to change up the, the volume of the workouts, yeah. the length of them, the intensities. Yeah. Um, and as well as I think we were kind of saying it in regards to even just, um, I mean, I'm a huge believer in showing up to the gym, showing up as in being present four to five days a week. And yeah. what I try to tell people is that out of those five days a week, you know, I go into beast mode, if you'll call it, you know, compete mode, maybe once or twice, once or twice, I can really bring the heat. And then there's also once or twice a week where I'm like, 
just thankful that I got through the door and I had enough energy to tie up my shoes. Yeah. You got a little bit sweaty and got your heart rate up a little bit. And I will own that. I will own that of the just show up two days because I'm a big believer in that too. Once I show up, something good always happens. It, it really always does. Yeah. yeah. But my I best time ever, that doesn't necessarily happen yeah. that day. <laughs> and that's the thing is that no matter what, you, you always feel better when you are leaving and you get into your car. Like no matter, or you should. Whatever the workout was, like to take home that it, you know, wasn't your best this or your wasn't best that time, um, is just not not the point of all of this. Yeah, and I think what was what were you talking about? Was this did this come from a weightlifting coach, in a book from a weightlifting coach about kind of what's the difference between, you know, an elite weightlifter and an amateur weightlifter? And I think you know you would think the answer is going to be some sort of like crazy genetics or secret supplement or or programming and. The answer was the elite weightlifter can handle the boredom. Yes. The boredom <laughs> and the it's monotony. From atomic habits. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, from atomic habits again. The boredom and the monotony of you just got to show up because I've said this before. If I only showed up to the gym on the days I felt like Rich Froning and felt like a beast and I'm going to throw down today, then I'm, I might be there once once a week or once every two weeks it's it's really about again building that habit and just just being there and even after a crummy day of work just showing up is kind of that's that's the win for the day so um yeah i did i did like that one from uh, i guess originally from ben bergeron but uh oh i like the revamped ronimal style he didn't talk about yeah. just showing up <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll me. give that one to you <laughs> love it um and i, th- I mean i think Maybe not along these lines. This is kind of a a different topic, but Ronimal, you like to practice and try new things a lot, Um, like acro yoga, or you'll just, you're always working on something. And I want to steer the conversation to your trombone (laughs) because I myself am trying to get better at putting myself in situations that I. I am not the best and I'm not even going to be anywhere near the top and it's going to be uncomfortable and yes, I'm trying to get better at this. Yeah. And I, I love just hearing how you got started with your trombone and when you got started and what that was all about. Uh, well, thanks for asking the, uh, the out of your comfort zone conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it started because I was taking my daughter Megan to, to a lot of her ballet concerts and I was hearing a lot of music and sitting and thinking things and I thought to myself you know I can play the I used to play the trombone back in the day uh, that might be something I could do again um, because I, I kind of have a feeling also that it's more fun to be in the middle of something than just watching something or seeing it from the outside so I kind of what was the the other thing was I someone told me that you should learn a new thing every ten years to prevent Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh, I like that one. So, so so like a new challenge to your brain yes. outside of your common practice is just healthy to keep your brain sharp. So in my thirties, I kind of picked the trombone for some it might be dumb reason or some reason I don't quite understand, but uh, uh, it. Um, it, it put me in a lot of uncomfortable situations. For me, if I'm in a physical competition, I'm not really uncomfortable. Like, I'm not nervous. Uh, musically is another part of my life that's a little different that way. I still am nervous in, in that context. Have you ever sneezed into your trombone during your concert? <laughs> <laughs> There's a super, super funny video. I don't know how I came across it. Somebody sent it to me. 
they said this is always this is always good for a good laugh. And I've I think never it's titled <laughs> Guy Sneezes in Trombone During a Concert. <laughs> and it's, I it's, think we've watched it like a hundred uh, times. It's only like eight seconds long, but it's basically like this classical concert and he sneezes in his trombone. <laughs> but um, I've seen Ronimal play live, I think, three times with the Mark Humphrey, Humphreys Orchestra. And I haven't heard you sneeze in the trombone yet. So, <laughs> in the last concert we did, I was just slightly tempted to do a full squat during my trombone solo, but I, <laughs> I resisted the temptation. <laughs> yeah, we actually missed. We were, was it was it about a year ago? Was the last concert? Yeah, like I mean, t- honestly, yeah. that was the last like yeah. we did because. Yeah. Of and I remember COVID, they said, right? "Well, next year was going to be a kind of official Christmas concert." Yeah. yeah. And we were excited. We yeah. we enjoy going to watch that, and it's it's because I was thinking about that where. We're we're a year out from that concert, and um, like what hopefully a, the Christmas concert could happen next year. What a what an honor to be among such good musicians for me, right? Yeah. Like I I kind of could hold my own, but but I'm under no delusions of musical grandeur here. Like yeah. I'm not that good, yeah. but the guys around me are fantastic. Yeah, and that, I mean that's a fantastic life lesson, though. I, I've said this before on other podcasts that. Ronimal, I mean, is it fair to say that you are the least experienced musician in that crowd? Oh, I think it's a fair assessment to say I'm the worst musician in that crowd yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to use the word, that, but yeah, least sure. experienced sure. In, in that. Yes, sure. I mean, when yeah, we go to those concerts and they... In there. Oh, yeah. He, and they introduce everybody. I mean, they got a musical background that is Doing insane. in music, yeah. And Ronimal kind of picked up the trombone more out of a new hobby, which yeah. is... Which I think is incredible. Or a return to an old hobby. Yeah. But how much better has it made you, you know, when you are surrounded by amazing people, instead of being scared, intimidated, and quit, I think you kind of leaned into that, and it's probably sped up your <laughs> ability to play the trombone. The guys have been very, and girls have been very, very gracious, gracious with me over the last years, because yeah. I... I truly was not very good when i started for and sure. a trombone is not an <laughs> instrument that you can unplug so it's not like you have a a guy playing a guitar and they're like oh man this guy's no good i'm just gonna unplug his guitar and then he won't be able to tell and the crowd won't be able to tell so when when ronald was playing the trombone yeah. he's actually he's definitely playing the trombone. he's actually tooting it my yeah. mistakes are all very big <laughs> they kind of have to be very big <laughs> no we uh we sure we we enjoy that side of you ronald where um, you're definitely a kid at heart with those cool hobbies and you're, you know, you're playing guitar and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a good reminder for all of us to get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Learn a new skill. So thirties, yeah. thirties was a trombone. Forties was, was CrossFit and, uh, the fifties are, we're still plugging through them with a little more guitar probably. Actually. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. We need to also do that then. Yeah. Make I sure also we're do keeping the dishes. Up the I dishes? also do the dishes and I do laundry too. <laughs> Is that new in your fifties? No. Just <laughs> so you know, I'm not always doing something crazy. <laughs> yeah, you, you, <laughs> There's you chip a little in. bit of normal in there too. <laughs> yeah. All right, how are we doing there, Jen? Good. Um, I think, Ronald, we want to kind of put you on the spot with, uh, not so much because I mean you're really not that much older than we are, but we are entering. So we have how old is Pax? Nineteen months. Going to be twenty months this this year. So we're in the toddler phase. Um, yeah, any advice for us on just, you've watched your kids grow up. They all have awesome hobbies. They're polite. They're polite. They're kind. They're kind. How do you do it, Ron? Mom? Oh, I don't know. Thank you for saying those nice things. You know, you're, we're thankful every day, right, for 
uh, every day we have because tomorrow could be different, right? Yeah. So when they're little and do the fun things when they're little, when they're old, don't make me cry either. Yeah. <laughs> That's a deep question, Jen. Yeah. I didn't even know that one was written down. <laughs> well, she didn't write there. that one down. Yeah. Uh, every day, every one of us has things we have to do that day. You know, don't resent them. Just yeah. be thankful for them. And if you can find some things you enjoy doing together, that's great, right? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I've had the chance to exercise with all my kids at the gym, right? Speak, seeing as I'm in your backyard, I'll tell you guys that. Yeah. Like Scott, Megan, Carter, all of them. Yeah. Uh, at different phases of their lives for different reasons, uh, at different skill levels. And uh, every um, single one of those times they're in the gym with me, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. 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 It's been pretty amazing over the years, kind of how all of our lives have been intertwined. <laughs> I've had the opportunity of coaching, um, yeah, working with all of your kids. And, um, yeah, Ronald's been just a, a huge part of our gym almost right from the very beginning. And, um, I mean, anybody who's a member at our gym, um, it's just important to note that, I mean, the success we've had has been, um, you know, a big part of it has been the people helping us along the way and, um, Ronimal helping us is a is a huge understatement because he's the one who almost sees things before we need to do them. He's the <laughs> one who started the morning classes. Ronimal's got Jedi, Jedi powers. Yeah, the Jedi trainer. Yeah, Ronimal's the one who got the morning classes going. I think he he knew I was becoming burnt out um, at a time where I was just I think coaching um, far too much, but I didn't have anybody to lean on yet. And um, a few few people stepped in, and Ronimal stepped in just to help me for the sake of being a good guy. He recommended that we should get the morning classes going. He thought that would be good for business. He was right. So he started coaching extra for us. We started going, I think we started with maybe twice a week and then three days a week and four days. And we've worked up to five days a week now of 5.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. And um, I just think the success of those mornings and the gym overall, um, yeah, it was just a huge, huge thanks to Ronimal for being there for us being a good friend and yeah almost like a silent business partner <laughs> well thank you for yeah. uh i i only agreed to this podcast because i believe in what you guys are doing totally right like um it, it's so good for for us to have this exercise option in brandon and um uh, i you guys stick your neck out there you guys pay the bills you uh, we appreciate the 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 risks you take too so yeah thank you ron uh, you're welcome do thank we have you. our last guest question guest question also guest gen we'll blend it that's their guest gen <laughs> of the day um was it three tips one tip which one was it he could be one one two or three tips well yeah any tips one two or three um for being stronger healthier happier okay for anyone out there <laughs> This is, this is a good one. I got it. Take your shoes off, number one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> number two, get out of your chair. And number three, uh, touch the ceiling, right? If you do those three things and, and riff on them for sure, uh, your feet, uh, your toes, your ankles, your ankle mobility will thank you. You're getting rid of the chair. Your hips will thank you and lifting your arms ab up above your head. I do not take that for granted. Love it. I have fingerprints on my ceiling. Lynn came down one day, she says, why are there always hand marks on the ceiling? So well, that's where I put my hands flat up on the ceiling and stretch my shoulders a little bit while I'm watching TV. So 
Uh, those are my kind of physio. Get out of your shoes, work on your squat. Get your shoes off, work on your squat. And, and get your arms above your head. Get your arms above your head. And if it Love takes it. a handstand and a handstand to, to be amusing mm. enough for you to do it, then just do that. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and I'll say it again, guys. No matter where you are at, we can work with you and we can get you going with a better squat. And uh, even if you got one, two, or three knee replacements, we can get you moving. We can get your arms above your head. It might take some time, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we got we got a class full yeah, of 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds, and they are, like, we've been at it for about a year, and they can all vouch for this, that we've got 70-year-olds moving so incredibly well and able to get down and get up and do burpees. You know what? And squats. They and don't even complain about burpees no, anymore. They, <laughs> they actually are starting to love burpees, and I think that's the biggest testimonial for what we do um, in getting people moving is that we can we can make people love moving again. Agreed. Ron Will, this has been an awesome two-part podcast. One I indoor, enjoy one outdoor. outdoor podcasting. <laughs> yes. Get used to this. Yeah, thanks again, Ron Will. You're welcome. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in and sticking with us for this two-part episode. We will be back very shortly. Bye, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. We really appreciate your support and hope to have you back again soon. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Ted Good Music and the band Heat, for allowing us to use their music. Until next time, let's keep rewriting our story and redefining who we are. Tell me what you want.